To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionary Bitch Woman's Podcast, episode 155, Super Bowl edition. We got the gang in here. They're all here. Los is here. Ramon is here. Man, we ready to get jumped into it. Man, how y'all fellas feeling, man? Man, Super Bowl weekend, right? I mean, golly, man. I feel like it's feel like forever. I for sure didn't watch whatever happened this past weekend with the Pro Bowl and or whatever you want to call it, flag football. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> I didn't watch that song. Over three. <laughs> I mean, so I, I'm just I know we're the sports guys. We're supposed to be watching that stuff, but like they need to just hang it up at this point and just give the guys pro bowls and just not even have that game. I mean, maybe some people <laughs> watching that, but I'm sure that numbers are down. But hey, I'm I'm happy here. I'm happy to do it. I'm ready for the Super Bowl, I'm ready for the Chiefs to take it home. Dang, we got a premature uh prediction. Hey, hey I, I, I... I like I like I like Lowe's man. He he, he a professional podcast. He he attacked a little topic and then he got in and got out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, that pretty much wrapped up the pie right there. <laughs> you ready to close it out? Yeah. Right. After I, I say my spiel. Yeah. Right. Nah, like you said, man, it's an exciting time, bro. This is always obviously one of the biggest times of the year. We leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's definitely, to me, going to be a really intriguing, exciting game. You know, obviously seeing a rematch from a few years back. So uh, pretty much just excited about that. It's been kind of the same old, same old on this end. Uh, the only thing is, man, it, this gets to the time where it gets a little depressing just because football is about to be gone. You know, they got basketball, brother. Yeah, right, right, right. So basketball going to hold it down and that's going to take, you know, 100 percent of the focus. But. I'm not going to hold us with talking that, man. We need to go ahead and jump right into it, man. Yes, sir. And as I like to say, man, you know, we back to do what we do best, and that's talk sports. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to your podcast at. And make sure that you are following us on Twitter and Instagram, O underscore Benchwarmers. Hey, like the fella said, we're going to get out of the way. You know, we're going to get into our Super Bowl talk first a little bit. And then we're going to get out of the way. As promised, we got Joel Rogers, who we was fortunate to have a conversation with uh, over the break. We had we was able to get the team together in one place. Uh, as, as you guys know, we all live in different places. But it was nice to get back home to Louisiana and get together and have this conversation. If you don't know Joel Rogers, if you look him up, four-star recruit, signed early with LSU, uh, giving LSU a big boost and in the secondary. So we're going to get into some Super Bowl talk, and then we'll get out of the way, and then we'll we'll share that conversation that we had with Joel, which we thoroughly enjoyed. And as we said, he's always welcome on the platform. Um, but, fellas, man, here we go. 
You know, Las Vegas is popping. You got the Chiefs uh, facing uh, the 49ers, man. So, you know, 49ers are very historic uh, franchise. I think they're, you know, one of the the most winningest NFL franchises ever as far as Super Bowl wins. And then you have the Chiefs who started in this dynasty uh, recently as with Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't the matchup that I wanted to see, but as it get closer to the week, there are a lot of interesting storylines throughout the game, which we'll get into. But I'm interested to know you guys' thoughts just out the gate about this game and and what what just pops off the paper, uh, pops off the screen or the paper when you do your research in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, you just you when I look at this matchup, right? I think points are going to be scored, right? Um, I think looking at this matchup, uh, you look at the two quarterbacks, right? You got Mr. Irrelevant and you got a guy that went 10th overall in the first first round. So when I look at that is, you know, usually the Super Bowl winners are about the quarterback play. Who can make the big plays at the right time? You know, and again, as I alluded to, and I said at the beginning of the podcast, who I think and who the, who I really hope wins is the Chiefs because they have the better quarterback. They have a guy that has shown that in pressure situations he can show up. You know, a guy that can has done it before, a, a guy that's already a champion. Um, but, again, that was my first thought is the quarterback matchup. Yeah. Um, I think in thinking about it, to me, even though it's been some years in between, it's kind of that rematch factor, that revenge factor. Uh, we know that this is, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes is when he won his first Super Bowl uh, was against the uh, against the 49ers. I think that was in maybe 2019 that Super Bowl was, 2019, 2020. Um, and, um, you know, just kind of looking at that and seeing kind of what kind of impact does that have on this potential game? You know, once again, it was a, a Kyle Shanahan led team, you know, losing uh, a fourth quarter lead. You know, they were up in that game and. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you know, they had a 21-point flurry that ended up leading them to that victory. So I think kind of is there a little bit of that revenge factor, that revenge dynamic. But I do think also, too, on the other side of it, I think that, you know, you have two teams that I know you talked about the offensive fireworks, but I think two pretty solid defenses. Now, you know, we've kind of seen the 49ers defense regress a little bit as the season has gone on. Uh, but this is, to me, one of Kansas City's strongest, if not their strongest defense that they've had in the Patrick Mahomes era. And so um, I'm really interested to see how things kind of play out on that side of the ball. I think that that's very intriguing as well. So like you said, when you talk about just an initial snapshot, I think of the revenge factor, the rematch factor. But also, too, I'm interested to see how things present themselves on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at a game where the 49ers are one-and-a-half-point favorites coming into this game, uh, you're not used to seeing Patrick Mahomes uh, in this position as an underdog. But I think it's very interesting to look at Patrick Mahomes in this journey, in this season. It was a lot of criticism towards the Chiefs. I mean, uh, when you look at the month of uh, November, people were wondering, like, what is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? And I I, I grew think that the majority of the people thought like where would they end up and if you were to tell me that they would be in the Super Bowl they would they would have called you crazy cuz that's how discombobulated this team was but they pulled it together um again we we you know Ramon and I digested the games that we saw on championship weekend and we we did think that you know 
the Ravens had a lot of opportunities. But ultimately, like Lowe said, I mean, when you have Patrick Mahomes, who's probably one of the greatest quarterbacks when it's all said and done that we've ever seen, um, I think that you always have a chance. You always have a puncher's chance. And, you know, with them coming in with an underdog, you got Mahomes in, in media day saying um, that he'll be the villain, and which I love that statement. You know, he has something to prove, and he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. You got uh, Travis Kelsey, who saved himself for the playoffs and the last game of the football season has been balling lately. Um, to the expense of my fantasy teams this year. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, when you got, you know, when you got these factors playing in, I think, you know, the table is set for the Chiefs uh, to win this game. Uh, it, it's like Lowe saying, I agree with him. I mean, when you, it boils down to quarterback play. Who's the better quarterback? Who's going to get the job done? We know that if this game gets to the, the third quarter, through the third quarter, the fourth quarter, and the ball is put in Mahomes' hands, we know, and it, it's a single score game, we know that the Chiefs are going to win. I'll put my money on that. So um, I'm giving away my prediction. I'm thinking that the Chiefs go ahead and come away with the win. I think Kelsey has a huge game for all my bets. My my gambling folks out there, I think that you should grab some Kelsey props. I think Kelsey has a great game. And, you know, I think ultimately Mahomes will will get him another one, which will be his third ring, uh, which will add on to his legacies. Uh, but that's the way I view it, guys. Uh, Brock Purdy, kudos to him for getting his team there. I just ultimately feel like experience trumps anything that the 49ers will bring to the table. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. what are you guys' predictions here? I gave mine. Well, I kind of gave mine too, but I'll be more specific with mine. I'll say um, I think the 49ers are motivated, right? They know that they have – they know that they've been squeaking by this whole playoffs, right, whether it's the Packers – whether it's the Lions giving up that game, you know, they know what has happened, right? I think the the 49ers start out hot, right? But I think that the same scenario happens where the Chiefs make a comeback, right? Towards the end, the game is going to be close. You can tell by the point spread here. Um, but I feel that the Chiefs is going to do enough towards the end. I got a bucker field goal, 27 to 30, uh, to win it, to, to, to send a game over. 27 to 30, bucker field goal to win it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that we're unanimous on the pod. I'm also rolling with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I just think that in this type of situation, you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's just that guy. Uh, he finds a way to get it done. I think that, you know, one thing to watch as well, too, um, is Isaiah Pacheco in this game. And the reason why I say that is to me, you know, over the last couple of weeks, especially over their playoff run, uh, the 49ers have really struggled to stop the run. Uh, they were pretty putrid against the, the Detroit Lions. You know, besides that Gibbs fumble, Gibbs and Montgomery got pretty much whatever they wanted. Uh, they also, Aaron Jones, uh, had a really big game against them as well. You take it back to the regular season, even how the Rams ran the ball against them, you know, towards the end of the regular season. So uh, I think that, you know, Isaiah Pacheco in the run game will have something to say about this outcome as well. I think that, uh, as I've you know already stated, this Kansas City defense, to me, is the best that Patrick Mahomes has had during his run. So I think that they will have something to say about that. Um, I'm not expecting a big-time game out of Brock Purdy. I just personally don't expect that. Um, I think that Kansas City's defense will be up to the task. I think that, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, he's going to be Christian McCaffrey. He'll get going. Uh, it'll make it an interesting game. Uh, I do think that the spread... 
Uh, it's a one and a half point game, as you mentioned right now. I think that it will be and remain a one score game. Uh, but ultimately, man, Patrick Mahomes, you just can't bet against that guy. And he's going to get his third ring, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, it's a testament to Patrick Mahomes. I think he's on a fast track. Uh, you always you're already seeing um, his trajectory and the success that he's had and um, what this third one will do to his legacy. Um, I cringe at the fact we've we've gone this this way without mentioning Taylor Swift. Uh, but unfortunately, we have to mention it because I do not want. That's the only reason why I would not that I would be comfortable with the 49ers winning because of that. Speak on it, man. I mean, <laughs> what do you mean by that? What do you mean because of what? Because, like, why? Like, she has nothing to do with football. And I hate how people are like, oh, she's made football popular. No. Like, NFL has, like, been dominating ratings for the past, like, all my life. Like, you know, it has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. So, so you mean to tell me that she didn't put Kelsey on the map? Like, make him known? Not to us. <laughs> This is getting to dangerous territory, bro. The Swifties about to cancel us, man. The Swifties. <laughs> the the right. Oh, my gosh. But anyway. Better watch that, it, but they never find our pod again after the Swifties <laughs> get a hold of Man, time is well spent, man. That That's that's crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I think Pacheco, it, you know, will have a, a, a big game like, like Ramon mentioned, but – you know, it, it will come down to quarterback play ultimately. Uh, you only can hide Brock Purdy for so long. And, you know, I'm excited about the, the game. But, you know, before we get out of here, fellas, I want to know, you know what I'm saying, what are y'all Super Bowl plans? What do y'all plan watching it? What's on the menu? I mean, I think my usual, man. I think I put something out there, whether it's wings or, like, maybe chip and dip, man. I'm more of a wing guy. So definitely have some wings that day. Relax and a cold beverage, man. That's that's the plan. I'm just gonna chill locally at the crib, man. I'm not gonna do too much. Go out. I like to have silence during the game. I don't like being around big crowds during big games, especially if it's the Rams. Maybe another. The Rams team are not in the Super Bowl. The, how did this turn into how a Rams? It always. I, I apologize. Comes to the Rams, I apologize, guys. You know, <laughs> I got high hopes for next year. I'm out. <laughs> I almost put you on mute over here, bro. Once you mention the Rams, <laughs> he can't help himself, <laughs> right? bro. Just can't help himself. But it's kind of similar for me. I'll pretty much be at home. Uh, kind of, I like to enjoy it that same way. Uh, I'll probably, as y'all know, especially my Louisiana listeners as well, too, have some of that good blue store chicken, you know. Oh, man. Uh, no, yeah. Oh, man. It's <laughs> not the blue store, man. Yeah. So I'm I'll probably... craving it right now. I tasted it just now in my mouth, man. You enjoy that, bro. <laughs> yeah, I have some of that. And, uh, of course, you can't miss the, the chips and dip. Potentially some Rotel, maybe, you know. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. How you about you? Watching, you watching at the crib? Yeah, yeah, I'll be at the crib. Yeah, man, same here, man. I, I'm like Los. I like watching my games like alone, like big games like this. I like watching it at the crib. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna whip up, whip up some real tail, uh, do some wings, like you said. It won't be blue stove. It'll be my, it'll be my wings, my recipe. You know, my girl, she do some good finger sandwiches. So she gonna whip that up in some uh, some meatballs. So you know what I'm saying? We throwing out. It's, it's only me and her. It's like a a private Super Bowl party, man. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we're going to enjoy that. You know, I'm looking forward to it. 
But uh, yeah, man, I think that that just about does it. Um, we appreciate the listeners for the love and support for the NFL season. Uh, like like Ramon said, my favorite personal time of the year, NBA is in full swing. So we'll we'll shift over there into the storylines. My favorite sport, uh, man. Tomorrow's the NBA trade deadline, bro. I wasn't trying to bring the Lakers into this, man. Will D'Lo be wearing them black Mamba uniforms tomorrow on Kobe's statue reveal night? Just two-word answer. Yes. 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 I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. So, shout out to Kobe. You know, his his statue will be revealed. Uh, I wish I could have been in LA to see that, but work duty calls. Uh, but shout out to Kobe and Laker Nation out there. And uh, like the fella said, man, I'm hoping D'Lo's still in the Laker uniform uh, tomorrow when it's said. It should go crazy. Uh, one more point while we have a little time, guys. Is there any trade that you're anticipating, just one trade that you're anticipating to be happening tomorrow? Uh, none. I think it's going to be quiet. I think the play-in has killed the trade deadline. Mm. Mm, that's an interesting theory, but I, I'm the same, man. I don't really – it's it's kind of dead. I think there'll be obviously some moves or whatever, but I don't think any major moves. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it'll be some cap space moves, some moving of expiring contracts, but I, I think nothing to holler home about. I think the the major piece that I expected to be moved by by tomorrow would have been Zach Zach Levine, but as we all know, his season ending ending injury derailed that. Uh, so uh, yeah, so. We did it again, fellas. Uh, if you're still listening to us, as promised, man, what you'll hear next is our conversation with Joel Rogers, four-star athlete signed with LSU. You know, lock in. If you're a fan of high school sports and college football, you will love this conversation. So enjoy. Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers podcast interview edition. My brother's in here, Ramon, Carlos. Um, we have a very special guest with us today, man. He's uh, a guy that I've been really excited to talk to. Uh, Joel Rogers, four-star four recruit uh, from West Feliciana High School. I mean, if you haven't heard his name yet, I know that you will. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know how you haven't. I mean, he's had offers from Miami, Ole Miss, TCU, Texas A&M, Tulane, and Alabama. And as an LSU alumni, I'm proud to say that he chose the right team, and that's LSU, uh, is joining us, man. So, uh, what's up, Joel, man? How you feeling? What's up, yeah. Yes, sir. I, I text the testament of the room as well as I, do, I always do, man. What's up, Los? How you feeling, bro? Good, man. As always, you know, I'm glad to be with y'all. I think this is the first time we got together in the same room and recorded in a while. As you guys know and the listeners know, we've always um, are in separate places, whether it's my brother in D.C., whether it's Ramon here in Louisiana. But, you know, we obviously in town for the holidays, and it always feels good to get together and obviously record with y'all. Yeah, same, man. You know, just like old times, just pretty much just hanging out, uh, all that good stuff of that sort. Man, I'm glad to be here, had this opportunity uh, to be speaking uh, with a guy that's going to be heading to uh, our alma mater, uh, always repping the Tigers, things of that sort. So glad to have this opportunity, glad to be in the midst of my brothers, man. Like I always say, I'm not going to hold it, man. We can dump straight into it. Yes, sir, man. Joe, man, he's, you know, hey, man, they got you ranked in the top 300 on ESPN 24-7, uh, so forth and so on. You've been ranked as high as 197 uh, by ESPN and top five in Louisiana recruit, which is a big deal. We know the dogs come through 
uh, Louisiana. Uh, we we happy to have you here, man. But we, we'll start from the very beginning. You know what I'm saying? Just let the people know who is Joel Rogers, man. Oh, uh, I mean, I've been born and raised here in Saint Francisville all my life. I have uh, four siblings. Oh, uh, and like I always been, I always liked sports. Like playing sports when I was little, that was my thing. And once I found out, like. I was athletic. That's really what I do. Like that's what I strive to do. For sure, man. You're a, you're a four sport athlete. So I mean, you can just kind of take us through. You know, hey, you know, you chose football, but you played basketball, track, you know, um, and baseball as well. So I mean, what kind of clicked to you? Where you was like, I'm gonna take this football route. It was really the transition from my seventh grade to eighth grade year when I knew I was gonna play football because seventh was seventh grade was my first year playing tackle football. And it looked like a first year, <laughs> but uh, yeah. um, like that summer, I did training with uh, a personal coach, and then eighth grade years, like the year completely turned around. Like I was competition. I made I made the competition look like it wasn't even there. I mean, it was like my talents took off. Yeah, nah, man, I like to hear that. So. So starting off in seventh grade, uh, I know, you know, right now heading to LSU, you'll be playing safety. Uh, where did you start off playing? Like where initially did they have you? Uh, we ran the wing T in seventh grade. So I was one of the side backs. So running back slash receiver. And then eighth grade, I started off in the same position. Then I moved to quarterback because the coaches saw that I was smart enough to read the triple option. Yeah, yeah. So, so that means you pretty dynamic guy playing in several different positions, pretty much wherever they needed you. They were like, if they needed a play made, then they they going your way. Yeah, and that transferred over to high school. I mean, I would go from quarterback to running back to receiver in the same drive, and then go play defense. Man, you heard it, man. You sound like a, a young Travis Hunter, man. So, uh, but yeah, man. What's interesting enough about your journey though is that. You know, what always uh, impressed me with you is that you were just as effective as a quarterback, you know, for Westfell as a de defensive player. Uh, but, of course, you know, do you want to get into, you know, how you chose defense over offense? Uh, which one do you prefer or do you have a preference? Uh, would you like to go into LSU playing in both ways, like a Travis Hunter doing in Colorado? Um, I, I really like defense better because, I like to hit people. It's more physical on the defense side of the ball. And I like, I mean, both both, um, both of the positions I mainly play, quarterback and receiver, is a person who had to read the other side of the ball. But I learned from playing defense that you're supposed to be making, like the quarterback is trying to read you, but you could be reading him by giving him something, like a fake look or something like that. And I really like that part of the game, like the mental aspect. And then you get to finish the play with being physical. So, so uh, I think you're kind of hearing that it kind of made me think, you know, you talked about being a quarterback, you talked about being a safety, having to read the defense, having to pretty much kind of take leadership on really both sides of the ball. Um, and it's kind of one thing that I've heard about you a lot, you know, you being a leader, your coaches have said those things, your family says those things. Uh, what does that mean? Do you see yourself as a leader? And what did you say is kind of maybe your leadership style or so? Um, I do see myself as a natural born leader. And I also had like development with it, with a coach that um, was the one who 
made the decision for me to end up playing quarterback. He said he made the decision because I was a leader and I grew with leadership through that. But um, it's just my leadership style is being able to reach a lot of people. Like I knew a lot of groups of different groups of people I have, you know, I reach a lot of cultures. So everybody has that, that one thing that could bring us all together. And I feel like it's my job to get that part out of everybody and piece it together. Hey man, I, you know, I respect that a bunch. You, you know, not only are you a four sport athlete, but you're in school. So you're having, you know, tests and exams, studying, and you, you're doing well and you did well in school as well and balancing all of that. Uh, what advice do you have for like young listeners that's coming up? Like, dude, because when I was coming up, you know, a little, you know, a while ago, it was always, hey, if you're going to be a basketball player, you need to focus on basketball. If you're going to be a football player, you need to focus on football. You did all four and you, a four star recruit, you know, and you signed with a D1 school, uh, LSU. And what would be your advice to a young up and comer who's trying to filter through all these sports and has the ability to play different sports? I would say play as many as you can and have fun while you have the time. Because, I mean, even if you do go on to play one sport, you don't get to get um, all that time back like it, like it is in high school or middle school. And um, playing as many as you can, you might you might figure out that you are better at one sport than another. So that's how it happened to me because I started out playing baseball. And then when football clicked, that was my sport. Hey man, that's a that's a good thing, man. I'm glad you chose. Uh, I'm glad you chose football, man. Um, we'll get to that in just a bit. We know LSU struggles on defense, so we're hoping that you can help with that. So I'm glad that you you know play with defense. But uh, um, and another thing I wanted to kind of touch your touch your you kind of pick your brain on. Um, uh, at least uh, I think when you're pursuing your aspirations to play for the next level. Uh, how was the process as far as figuring out what ultimately what you were, where you would call your home for the next level? And when did you believe that you could play on the next level as far as your, you know, throughout your high school career? Did it happen instantly or did you always have aspiration or, you know, was it just, you know, just like you was like, hey, I'm really good at this. These guys want me to play. That's what I'm going to do. But, you know, can you talk to us about so, um my freshman year of high school, I mean, I had dreams of playing college football for a long time because I grew up watching it at LSU. I mean, the game was on every time they played. But um, my freshman year, I was really just playing, like just trying to do the best that I could because I ended up that summer before to my freshman season earning a starting spot. And it was just like I had to I had to prove that I really deserved to be in this spot. So I just put my head down and kept working. I wasn't thinking about you know, the future really at all. They, that season, I was just trying to, you know, play my best. And then after my 10th grade season, which is my first season I started at quarterback, that's when things turned around. Like my, I just started going to do what the coaches told me, then using my athleticism with that. And then my stats started to take off. And then I received my first offer from Memphis after my, after that season, and then I, they just kept piling up, especially after my junior season. And that's when I realized, okay, it's not a dream anymore. I can actually play college football. And um, so you, you kind of mentioned that offer came in, and after a while, more and more offers started pouring in. Uh, I know we were all seeing kind of the offers coming. 
you were regularly like in the news, different things of that sort. Um, and so kind of, you know, maybe what was that recruiting process like for you? Like, how did you navigate that process? How did it feel once you started seeing those offers come in and things of that sort? Uh, it felt like it was a, a sign of relief when I started getting all the offers because it's like I would finally get what I've been working for. But the process was really exciting, but also kind of stressful because my phone never stopped ringing. And then I realized I would eventually have to pick a decision. Like you, you don't get to keep all of them. You got to pick one. So, yeah, that was that was a big part of it. Yeah. yeah and uh, this is Carlos. And I, I just a question for you. Question for you, man. Um if you had any advice for maybe a young um, athlete coming up, um, maybe someone with sons or something, what did your week to week look like for preparing for college or preparing for the games, um, whether that's workouts, whether that's pre preparation for the game, film study, what would you say that looked like week to week for you? For somebody, if you want to give somebody advice, if they wanted to go to the next level, they were a kid like you looking to play college ball. I would say it starts with being a leader, trying to be the first one in every rep at your school, like with what the coaches are doing. And but once you once you start um, making those things a priority, after that you have to start doing things on your own, like training. And uh, it took a while to figure out the process, but I learned that. Early in the week, it's better for, like, the lifting and stuff so you don't wear your body down, getting ready to play on the back end of the week. And then I start, like, Tuesday through Wednesday, all film study, like, just preparing yourself. You you go through your plays, how they match up versus the defense. Like, that's what I would do. And then I'll go through all our defensive calls. There, look at the other team's top plays. And, uh, understanding the game, that's a big part of it. Like, knowing – what you would get when based on down and distance time in the game, clock management and stuff. I had a coach who taught me a lot about that. And that's what, that's the beauty of the game because people see the physical uh, aspect, but they don't know all the, not everybody knows the mental part that goes into the game. Uh, I, I think that's kind of a, a key piece. You know, you're talking about the mental part that goes in the game. And we talked about the fact that you have that ability to play both sides you talked about, you know, you playing quarterback and you having to read the defense, you know, kind of same thing on the opposite end of playing the safety and being the one that's responsible for taking that leadership. Do you feel that playing both sides of the ball is, has, like, helped you to develop, you know, ultimately, let's just say, your experience playing quarterback? Do you feel that that's helped you to develop also as a safety and knowing how to read things, how to maybe set quarterbacks up, different things of that sort? Absolutely. Oh, because like I said, I, I started I started playing safety my freshman year, but then I, we had a quarterback that was a senior that graduated that year, and then I played quarterback my my um, sophomore year. So it was like I mainly took on the quarterback role, and I didn't play safety as much because you didn't want to get the starting quarterback hurt. So I played in the back end of the season, like playoffs and stuff, when that's what we needed. But I learned so much about playing quarterback that I really understand. Like I understand um, offense at a at a high level, but that helped me playing safety. When I moved back to it, I I stopped thinking. Like once I got aligned to our calls and stuff like that, went through all my checks, I started thinking what the their quarterback would be thinking. Yeah, yeah.
Hey, that's a big advantage knowing what knowing what the guy that you're playing against is gonna do. Uh, but uh, I, I did have wanted to go back because you're saying with, with with your film study and preparation and everything. A lot of guys don't like to do that on their own. A lot of guys don't like to work out. They do the they do the team regime and they go home and don't do anything else. But you as a four-star athlete, I just want you to kind of reiterate the tough, the hard work that it has to do. It's a reason why you're a four-star. And when I listen to you talk about the complexities of the game, that's why you're at where you're at. So, I mean, I just kind of wanted you to drill that home for any young football, any young baller, just the preparation, just reiterate, hey, I got to. That's how I learned it. I mean, film study, that allows, if you're not as fast as somebody, let's just say you're playing defense and uh offensive player is about to make a play if they're fastening you but you but you watch film you're a step ahead you know what's coming that shows up first before speed does in a game mental knowledge it does i love it man i love it uh but yeah as we as we kind of going throughout your stories so high school here we are today all right so before we jump into the lsu made that decision and we do see that you have an arm and a sling so did you want to kind of just talk about your kind of health going into next going into this semester as you uh step foot on campus oh uh, that happened week seven i was i was playing uh i was playing receiver and i caught a ball and i was running and i was trying to move one of my own team down out of the way that i was blocking and cut back and somebody tackled me while my arm was still on his jersey and it uh it tore my labrum, but I got I finished the season and decided to get I um decided to get the surgery after the season so I could finish playing with the seniors, and uh you know I just didn't want to let my team down and I'll be I'll be good to go once I get uh for next season. Yeah, you look good. I mean, like you could probably run, go out there and uh, run, run out there, do some running, do some drills. But I mean, you slow rolling, make sure you're 100 percent as you go into LSU, as you made that commitment. All this is fresh, man. You signed with 10 days ago, uh, decided to make that big decision to go with LSU. Um, did you want to kind of just talk about what led to that decision and ultimately, you know, you know, what as far as how do you feel about it now that it's all over, like the process and everything? Um, like I said earlier, it's it's um it's like a dream come true, really, because I used to watch LSU football when I was a little kid, and then I went to playing for real in high school, and it was like my freshman year, just playing, and then sophomore, junior year, I started receiving offers, and like I I could really play for a college football team, and then LSU was the the school for me because it had the most pros for me personally like it's close to home my family get to come to all my games I get to represent my state school put on for the state that made me who I am and do it with everybody in the state loves LSU football and there's no environment like Death Valley and a bonus for that was the coaching staff I, I feel this feels like family and I know a lot of the recruits that's going, we are like a brotherhood already, even though we play at different schools. Like we play, most of us play on the same se seven on 17. So it's like a group of friends get actually get to play together instead of against each other. So that's going to make the, um, the competition even better. Yeah. yeah. So you, you mentioned a, a couple of key things to me when you're talking about that process and what led you to ultimately choosing LSU, uh, which was obviously the right choice. You know, I'm going to just say that uh, as an LSU alum, definitely feel that you made the right decision there. 
Um, but you mentioned, you know, a piece of it, a component, you know, a family. And I know that your family means a lot to you. You know, I know that you come from a great family, um, family that, you know, I've known for some years and things of that sort. And can you kind of speak to what your family has meant to you in this process? Maybe how they helped you throughout this process? Did they give you any type of guidance? How did you maybe lean on them? Kind of maybe just a little bit of that family aspect. Family is at the top of my list. I mean, they've always been there for me. Everything I needed, things I didn't, like that they had to help me through, they've always been there. And it's, it's like, I know I have somebody in my corner no matter what, every time. And they tried, they wanted me to make the decision. Like they didn't want to influence where I went, but I mean, LSU just had the most benefits for me. That's what's up. Um, so you're here now. So um, I, I, we kind of talked off base. And, you know, in a couple of weeks, you're going to be stepping on that campus as an early enrollee, done with high school. Um, man, what are your goals as a freshman just stepping on campus, you know, to set the tone for ultimately, you know, for that spring game that, that you know, to really showcase your stuff? Like what do you what are your goals as far as a freshman this season? Show everybody what I can do. Um, it's a lot of stereotypes about you know freshmen coming in and want to play. I mean, if you're not trying, if everybody doesn't try to come in and compete, I mean, when I step on the field, I tell myself there's nobody better than me out here, and that's how I'm trying to train before I get there, and that's how I wanted to be when it when I when I play. So that's how I had to train. And that's what I'm trying to show when I get there. And one more thing to cut back up. You said that, Charles, you, you guys are recruits, are a brotherhood. Is there a specific player that you're looking to play with alongside the most? I mean, out of the recruits in this 2024 class, uh, about three three or four of them play on – we all play on the same seven on seven team. And then – it's more in the 2025 class. So I'm really excited to play with you guys. Yeah, yeah no. Nah, so like you said, I, I know that that's exciting and, you know, making that transition and definitely looking for big things to come, you know, in, in your time at being at LSU and things of that sort. Um, also, too, like if let's just say you describing yourself, describing your play style, um, and I know that it can be unique, but would you say there's any athlete that you, you know, emulated or you say, hey, this is kind of what who my game is similar to or anybody that you kind of look to for inspiration? I like, um, I would say from an athletic standpoint, like a Travis Hunter, like I'm trying to play as, as many positions as possible. Like I just, just want to play, you know, and I, wherever I can help, that's what I'm going to do. And I feel like that's what he does for his team. But I'll say Tyron Matthew, because that's who I grew up watching for LSU. And he's like an all-around playmaker. That's a good one. Yeah, I like Tyron. Tyron probably one of my – actually one of my favorite LSU players to come through. You know, uh, you know, Tyron had that, that, that grit, like you say, you make plays. I definitely could see it. You know, you had a right mentality. You know, selfless player, and that's Tyron. He'll do whatever it takes to win. Um also do see a lot of you know Travis Hunter just and you're an athlete man I watched your film you fly 
Uh, and you know, speaking of which, I mean, I, you know, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. We all watch LSU football. You know, with LSU defense not being in the top fifty this year, uh, I, I could go further, but I'll just keep it there. We wasn't in the top fifty. Um, and just in a nation, just in de- defensive stats, what do you bring? And you, you know, you can even mention, you know, this class or what what bring defensively to fix that? What do you feel like you could bring to fix it? Um physicality, leadership, and uh, versatility. You know, I don't feel like I'm going to play safety, but I'm not going to limit myself to one position. I'll just say that I'm going to be a DB for LSU. That's whatever they need, that's what I'm going to play. I'm trying to get on the field as fast as I can. So uh, with that being said, I think you kind of mentioned a key thing there. You said DB at LSU. You almost kind of lean to DBU. You feel like, you know, you're going to kind of see that resurgence as DBU, DBU is coming back. You heard it here. I love it, man. DBU is coming back. Hey, man, I saw a tweet though, uh, which which kind of that you did. You said the boot boot boys, the boot boys are coming, right? So, uh, is there any 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 guys in the group that you are closer to than the others that you're looking forward to you joining with on that list? I know Juwan Johnson. We played together. Trey Diaz, we played together. And, I mean, we've been going to these, like, same recruitment going to the games for a while. Like, I mean, we, we just got closer every time. So, it's just we get to play together now. So, the best of the boot, we always played against each other. Now we get to play together. So, everybody's going to see in, in the near future. What does it What does it mean to represent the boot? Oh, everything. I mean, growing up here and actually, like, getting to wear purple and gold, having the whole state behind you, I get to run into uh, Death Valley. It's most There's no environment like that in college football. I would have to agree with you, man, especially those night games. going to be electric. Um, I can't wait to see you out there, man, uh, full support. Uh, I think that you're going to do some good things. Um, I think that your name will be out there for sure, even more than it already is. But, you know, especially with your mentality. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot for, to see guys. And, you know, I saw Coach Kelly say that, you know, your class specifically uh, from the boot is taking it, is passionate about being from Louisiana and going to LSU. So, I mean, you know, just listening to you talk, I know he, I know that he's telling the truth. Uh, they've spent a lot of time recruiting Louisiana and they're getting the best of the best. So the, the fact that you're coming out of that class, I mean, that's that's saying a lot. You represent something big, you know. Uh, I, I would say kind of, you know, just maybe a little bit all color. So I know we've been business, professional. Hey, what was the journey like? You know, how was it as you were going through the process, all of that good stuff like that? Um, but just in having a, the opportunity as well, too, man, I know that uh, maybe there's some other things that you do for fun, things you do to enjoy yourself. So, you know, when you kind of maybe taking that step back from the game and from the process and just trying to just enjoy yourself or, or, or lay low or stuff of that sort, like, what do you, what do you do? What do you get into? It's another sport. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> it's, I mean, I can't say, well, I won't say not serious, but like, I know that football, now that I know football is my sport, I can take a break. Like, I don't have to make all the other sports my job, like, pretty much. So I have fun, just just have fun playing other sports. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. 
Hey, I, I did have this question to you when you when you, uh, just going back to the process and not to circle back because I think you drilled it pretty good. What was the what was your favorite thing about the recruitment process, and what were the things that you did not like? Oh, my favorite thing about it was finally seeing that my name was getting out there, that I was starting to get recognition because it took a lot of hard work to to get the things that I got. And like when you see it, that's like. Uh, you get your paycheck at the end of a work week. Mm-hmm. That's is yeah. the reward for the work. And um, really, my phone just would never stop ringing. Like I still had homework and stuff to do, and I was always answering the phone or something like that. All right, man. Well, Joe, man, appreciate you for taking out the time for sure, man. With uh, you know, with everything that you have going on, uh, good luck. I know that you're gonna do well. You got a good head on your shoulders. And um, as always, go Tigers. And uh, anytime you you know want to talk, you have an open, open invitation. No, no questions asked. So appreciate the time, man. And you know we'll catch you the next time, man. We when we see you on the field. Yes, sir. No doubt. Thank you.